Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. So I started digging around into this chronic health and, you know, um, the... The, the diseases of aging, the diseases of civilization that we have, heart disease, uh, you know, cancers, all this stuff. So I, I wanted to figure out, is this like purely a genetic thing or is something about the way we live that, you know, causes these things? Naturally, I discovered that health challenges, health problems have some type of genetic susceptibility plays a role, but mostly it's about lifestyle. All right. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We are talking to Christian Yordanov, who is out of Portugal, and it was a lovely reminder because I think it was just recently I heard from Reed Davis, founder of FDN, that FDN practitioners are now in 50 different countries around the world. If I'm not mistaken, there's only 200-something countries, so it is very cool to know we are in a fraction of them. We need a lot more out there. But hey, that's a pretty good place to be overall, right? Not bad. Christian Yordanoff is an author, researcher, and educator, and a practitioner who specializes in autism, children's health, preparing for a healthy pregnancy, and longevity. He's also the author of the book, Autism Wellbeing Plan, How to Get Your Child Healthy. Now, autism is a fascinating subject and one that we're going to talk about today, amongst other things. It is a spectrum disorder. It is something where you have people that are incredibly uh, low functioning. And I do not mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a way of they really need a lot of support, you know. And then on the opposite end, you have people that almost it is like the juice is taken out of one part of their brain and put into another. So they actually have superior ability in certain area, but do lose other things typically um, socially or even in the form of like motor skills or whatever. So it is fascinating to me that this is something that is becoming super well-known because so many kids are getting diagnosed with it. And is that just because there is really that much more awareness or because there's that much more awareness and there's that many more kids exhibiting signs of autism? Well, I think it's a little bit of both and so does Christian and he definitely has some wonderful tips to deal with these things. What a cool thing that that could be for a family who's going through this stuff because this can be a real struggle, especially if the autism is severe. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hey there, Christian. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, Ev. Uh, great pleasure to be on with you, man. Now, yeah, this is an interesting one. We got someone with us who I didn't know this until just a few seconds ago actually works for the exact uh, company, basically, that we record with, right? So we love these people. Zencaster, huge shout out to them. Um, it's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. But that's what allows us to bring you this I mean, basically studio quality audio from the comfort of our own home. So they have been a lifesaver uh, during this pandemic, that's for sure. So double shout out to you today, Christian, because obviously we're here to talk about health stuff, but it's cool that you're doing that as well. Um, all right. So yeah. we always start off the podcast in the same way, and I like to get to know the guests a little bit and how they relate to this space, because virtually everyone in the functional healthcare space, either has a health story that has affected them uh, directly, maybe it is their own health story, or indirectly, whether through family or friends. So um, let's touch on that a little bit. You know, what was going on uh, maybe several years back or even childhood, teenage years, whenever it was for you? Like, were there health issues going on personally, or were you seeing people in your life getting sick? Right. So, um, yeah, that's a um, 
it's going to be a little bit of a heavy story for me this particular week. And it, you know, it will make sense when I kind of wrap it up, but, um, yeah, so my health personally, I, I, I I feel like I've been blessed, uh, during my life. I've never really had any health challenges, great health challenges, um, to, to speak of, uh, at least I thought, right. Um, but about three, four years ago, I, I really, I, I saw some people close to me, uh, their health starting to degenerate. And I, I've always had a keen interest in health since, um, I think 2008, that's when I first got certified as a personal trainer, you know, um, fitness instructor. Uh, I've also done other, um, certifications in sports massage. I've trained, um, uh, Thai boxing. I, I I've done one amateur Thai boxing fight. So I've, I've always had the keen interest in health, but about, I guess, four years ago, I started getting, getting into more, this kind of natural medicine, functional medicine. And for me, one of the, the big catalysts for this was, again, just seeing the health of, you know, people like um, the adults in my family, my grandparents, just see, seeing them go on a steady decline with age. And for me, that was a little bit terrifying because I said to myself, you know, I don't want to end up like that. I don't want to be like on five, six, seven different medications, um, w without any actual relief. Um, I don't want to, you know, become dependent on, you know, the, the, the next generation, be that my children, my, my partner, et cetera. Um, so I started digging around into this chronic health and, you know, um, the, the, the diseases of aging, the diseases of civilization that we have, um, heart disease, uh, you know, cancers, all this stuff. So I, I wanted to figure out, is this like purely a genetic thing or is, is it some, something about the way we live that, you know, causes these things. So naturally I discovered that, um, health challenges, health problems have some type of obviously genetic susceptibility plays a role, but mostly it's about lifestyle and, um, my, my grandmother was one of those people that I kind of saw her. She, she just passed away actually this week. Um, but she was one of those folks that kind of, I, I inspired me to, to dig deeper into this. Right. And, um, that's kind of, so that, that was about three, four years ago. And I, that's when FDN got on my radar. I listened to read on the Bulletproof podcast. I was kind of heavily consuming that podcast. And I, you know, I got exposed to a ton of amazing doctors, uh, researchers, uh, thought leaders in the health space. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what got me onto, you know, this functional paradigm train bandwagon, whatever you want to call it. That's awesome. And I'm very sorry to hear about your grandmother. I appreciate you getting on, uh, considering that just happened this week. So thank you very much for still giving us your um, time Thanks, here. Cause man. I know we've had Thanks, some so. issues with scheduling in the past for sure. Now I am curious though, and I, I, you did kind of say it, but I'm always interested in dissecting this. Like you're seeing all of these health issues happen in, you know, other people, but mm -hmm. Christian, Tons of people see that and they never question it. In fact, we know the majority haven't. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the health crises yeah. um, that we do right now. So is there any other influence in your life that's leading you to think more of a natural thing? Or was this more just an intuition saying, hey, 
this doesn't make sense. You know, people aren't supposed yeah. to be sick like this because I've honestly heard both answers and that's why I ask. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, I feel like I've always been a little bit, <clears throat> I guess, a contrarian. I've always like not, uh, try to not follow the, the, the narrative, um, foisted on me, uh, you know, blindly passively. So I think, um, I, I actually, uh, I suppose one of the, the things is I was, I was kind of researching a little, I, I had a stint, uh, back, back in, in, you know, a few years back where I was kind of getting into like the researching the, the pharma type conspiracies where, um, Basically, you know, uh, pharma is is a big business, um, and it's designed to make profits. So that was kind of one of the things that was like, well, if this is a if we have a for profit healthcare system, it seems like we if we were more sick and sicker sicker for longer, it would make better revenue it would it would make us better kind of cu- customers right so i think that was one of the things that that uh, that i basically i was always the kind of uh, person that if i had a headache i always knew i have a headache for a reason i don't want to just take ibuprofen or paracetamol because i knew that that symptom was because of something right so i think those those things and you know my up- upbringing i guess the way i was educated by my, my parents the examples they set i think that kind of led me to not accept things like um oh you know we have heart disease in our family therefore sooner or later i will succumb to heart disease that will probably take me out um so th- i think that that would probably be a a, a large aspect to it Okay. And it's incredible how often I hear that, especially on this podcast. You got these people rattling off science and facts and data. And then I'm like, well, how'd you get into it? They're like, hey, you know what? I just kind of knew this didn't make sense. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. You know, um, It must be yeah. a personality trait or something because I always share like at 16. And now trust me, I had plenty of work still to do and many things to learn yeah. at that point. But I just remember sitting in my science class. And of course, you know, regardless of what the audience's opinion is on this, I'm just saying what I was being taught in science class was the theory of evolution. And, and this is what happens. And we're the best of the best genes. And we survived in the wild for thousands, yeah. if not hundreds of thousands of years. And we got here. And Christian, yeah. I'm looking around the room. I got a face covered in cystic acne. Half the class is overweight. I know that kid needs an inhaler every day. He's on meds. Like I'm like, this is the best of the best genetics? Like, <laughs> This narrative doesn't make sense. How yeah. did these people with their superior genetics, quote unquote, survive in the wild, but they yeah. can't do well here without medication? That didn't add up to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's just I, I definitely relate to you, man, in the sense that there is just a questioning that has to go on. And I think if there is nothing else that we can give people from this podcast, all the information that we give even at that side is just to think for yourself and make sure you're always questioning things because I love it. Yeah. You know, that's exactly, uh, I want to underscore the importance of this Think for yourself. And if you go to a practitioner, and I, I don't want to bash on specific types of practitioners, but if you go to a practitioner and they tell you, um, I'm diagnosing you with X, Y, Z, or you have this problem, you need to do this. And whether that's a medication, an exercise program, um, specific foods to eat or not eat, whatever, a supplement, you need to 
ask why. Um, and in, in the case of like, let's say you go to the doctor and they tell you, uh, I, you say, I have headaches a lot all the time, every second day. Um, and they tell you ibuprofen, you know, it will help you, um, not feel the pain as much, you know, you can accept that. And I think many people will accept that, but I think people need to be educated to have a more kind of inquiring mind and say, okay, what does that do? How does that, uh, you know, what, what does it do? And when, when, when the doctor explains, then you can kind of ask a, li- a little bit something like, but what is causing the headache? You know, and wh- th- there could be a, a, a myriad of things could be causing your headache, could be tension, it could be the way you sit at the computer, you could be sleeping badly, you could have food sensitivities, and you're just eating foods that are causing immune activation, inflammation, that's causing these headaches. And, you know, there's a myriad of things. And if we just accept the first thing that we're given, um, that could lead to that problem, not just festering underneath, but it could just uh, lead to many other, you know, as you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, <laughs> other issues. Yeah, but it's important to stay. And I love, I love that everyone that comes on here mentions that we never want to attack specific practitioners or fields because you know what I've realized? Yeah. The people that usually prescribe these types of things, let's just call it, you know, traditional and pure Western allopathic medicine. Yeah. These people are not sitting there on the fountain of youth. Like they are on the same train that we are. And so mm-hmm. it's not like they're telling us one thing and then they go in the back room and they're like, oh, these idiots, like, you know, I'm going to eat organic yeah. and do intermittent <laughs> fasting and all this stuff. Yeah. That's not how it works. This is a paradigm <laughs> that needs to be shifted um, and really combined, I think is a better word, because what you just said, if someone has chronic headaches every day and I ibuprofen helps. If it was my opinion and my unprofessional medical opinion, I say, take the damn ibuprofen. I don't want you to suffer, but let's start figuring out why you even need that every day because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. And let me give you an example. So my mother, um, she was calling me like a few weeks ago and she was asking me about my grandmother, um, you know, what to do about uh, her, her pressure is very low and her blood pressure was very low. And I said, I don't know. I don't know, call a doctor. And then it was very high. And she's like, what to do? I'm like, I don't know. You need to talk to a, to a, an actually trained medical professional. So definitely uh, uh, I'm not going to be offering random advice or do a Google search and what to, how to lower blood pressure, how to increase blood pressure. If so God, I don't know. And back in, uh, I think it was 2010, I broke my, my uh, tibia and fibula, my, my um, uh, right leg really, really badly. And uh, all I remember was the next day I woke up and m- the doctors had perfectly put the bone. There was a piece of bone that actually flew off of my, my shin bone and they had perfectly melded that together and, and I've had zero problems since then. And I have to say that is nothing short of miraculous what, what they can do, you know, the, the, um, the emergency care that we have. So there's definitely, it's the, there's definitely a place for allopathic Western medicine, but, um, I think we can all agree. Most people listening to the podcast, that place definitely is in the emergency care, things like that, you know, childbirth, um, for example, that's all, obviously people would debate that, but when it comes to the chronic health problems that develop over not just months, but years and decades, I think that's where the paradigm, as you say, needs to be shifted um, as, a, as a matter of great priority for, for, for our human race. 
Yeah. (laughs) When you just said great priority, you are absolutely correct because Mm -hmm. we can't avoid this. You know, it's it's coming one way or another. So we can do it kind of the easy way or the very hard way. And um, I I wouldn't call either way, I guess, particularly easy. Maybe that's incorrect, Mm -hmm. but certainly it's easier than the other option. So you get into FDN because you heard Reed talking and it's so funny. uh, That's pretty much there's many ways to get into FDN for those listening to this podcast. But Reed is just the man and always (laughs) it's always Reed. It's always Reed on a podcast or something that gets people in. Um, now, when you're going through the course as an otherwise, you know, relatively healthy guy, what are some of the faint things that you're finding on the lab tests? Because for those that don't know, when you go through yeah. FDN, even as a practitioner, so that's different than FDN Thrive, which is for, you know, people that just want to go through a health coaching program, we still ask the practitioners to run labs on themselves. So I'm curious if you found anything that was maybe a little surprising to you. Oh, my God. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> because... <laughs> Dear, dear God, uh, Ev, um, okay, so let me just, you know, give you a little bit of context here. So prior to starting the um, course, the FDN course, I was kind of doing um, keto for a while and it was working really well for me. I lost a ton of weight, a ton of fat, I should say, not because it's not about losing weight, it's about losing fat if you're trying to do it healthily. Um it was really cool. It was, it was awesome. And um, what happened then? So, oh yeah. So then I was kind of getting into more um, ancestral stuff. Uh, I found out about the carnivore diet. I saw guys are doing really well on that. And I was like, I'm definitely trying this. I'm, I'm a big sucker for trying stuff. You know, I just love all this biohacking stuff, um, supplements, everything. And I love experimenting. So I'm there doing this carnivore stuff and it's, I I was, to be honest with you, I absolutely was loving it. Um, and what, what I kind of went a little bit, I suppose, overboard, I was eating raw, uh, meat for a while, even like a little bit, you know, (laughs) and raw chicken liver, raw lamb, this kind of stuff. I heard you, man. I heard you. (laughs) That's dedication. that's dedication. And, but to be honest, I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't like gross or anything for me. It, it actually felt very primal. I, I, I almost feel like that uh, eating like that activates genes, something, I don't know. So it does something epigenetically that is, is like, I don't know, really good for you. But um, what happened then was I ran the first test. And because I'm in Europe, uh, we couldn't do the... Um, uh, was the lab that got closed down. Um, we uh, couldn't bio-health? do the standards. Bio, yeah. So we couldn't do the biohealth saliva test for the hormones. So Brandy sent me the Dutch test and, and I was like super stoked because the Dutch test is so, it's, it's just so comprehensive and I was super excited to learn about that. So uh, a month later I got the results and I'm sitting down for my, you know, results and recommendation session. And, oh, I had just before that, I had looked at the, the, the lab test results and my, my testosterone, let, let me just slow down here. My testosterone was lower than the range for like 60 year olds. Right. So super tanked it was super low. My estrogens were all below the range for, for my age group, my gender, um, my cortisol, my, uh, free metabolized cortisol was super high. So something was stressing me out. Um, melatonin was low. And I think that was, those were like the most kind of things, striking things. 
And I was like, holy cow, I'm, I thought I'm, I'm looking at something to optimize something. And, and there was like this ton of stuff that I was completely unaware of. And in hindsight, then I realized um, I was going to bed at like between 9 and 10 p.m. Uh, I was kind of waking up super early. I was waking up in the middle of the night sometimes. I was drinking two jugs of coffee, bulletproof coffee or, and, and just regular coffee. And I realized, um, you know, my sex drive was not as high as it normally was for a while. Not, not a great while. So that kind of prompted uh, me to, to run the, the GI map, uh, 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 stool pathogen screening. And that's where I saw that I had a couple of parasites, Giardia, Blastocystis hominis, um, and a couple of other opportunistic bacteria, high candida, which we know that is actually pretty difficult to detect in stool. So the fact that mine was so high, uh, meant that it was super high, um, uh, for, for, you know, for obvious reasons. So I was like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. So I then I did a, a pretty comprehensive herbal pa pathogen protocol. I did a few uh, under, um, uh, Brendan, uh, advised me that I may want to look into doing some, uh, liver gallbladder flushes. So I did, I think maybe, I don't remember five or six liver gallbladder flushes, which felt amazing. So, I did those. I started running um, hair tests every three months. And I noticed on my, my hair tests, progressively from the first to the third test, my uh, aluminum and my mercury levels just started shooting up higher and higher and higher. And each time the, the, uh, the heavy metals were, were going up higher. Obviously, the other stuff around, uh, you know, minerals, uh, that's probably too much detail to go into, but it was improving. And energy levels, everything just improved tremendously. Um, but I, I suppose the the moral of that story is I thought I was in great shape, uh, of, uh, you know, mentally, physically, all that stuff. But um, I didn't know what I didn't know. I like, and I was definitely masking some of those symptoms with coffee. I was taking a lot of supplements. And I still do. I, I, I'm a great believer of supplements. So the supplements were definitely masking a lot of stuff, but there was a lot of underlying things that could have gone um, ears possibly without me realizing them. So what I did then, of course, no, I didn't just uh, remove the, the parasites. I also definitely scaled back on the keto. I just went to a more um, balanced macronutrient diet based on my metabolic type. So I, I actually, uh, I was kind of reading the metabolic typing book before I started FDN. And I just seeing that this is what we kind of really work with. It was just really, <clears throat> how do I say it really, um, uh, how do I say basically my, my belief in, in what we were being taught was greatly strengthened because I, I had already seen that the metabolic typing diet had a lot of potential. So there was a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, there was definitely, there was a lot of surprises that um, the, the lab testing allowed me to uncover. And had it not happened, God knows what, what my health, if I'd never started the FTN course, I, I right now may have, you know, two years or more down the line, I may have been in pretty bad shape, I would say. 
Wow. And especially for those that are out there and don't really understand the gut side of things. I mean, Giardio, uh, excuse me, Giardio, uh, Giardia and Blasto, those are two independently pretty nasty parasites. You know, you don't yeah. really want either one. And um, yeah. to combine those together, what you just said is is so true because it's like if you didn't find this, who the heck else was ever going yeah. to find that? Because no one yeah. runs these tests, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so I think it's just great that you were able to find that. And I mean, what ended up being the process for you? Because of course, yes, you're not sitting there with some chronic disease, like you said, but you had many things that could be improved and certainly mm-hmm. energy and those types of things. So how long did it really take to kind of get back to where you felt you know, maybe strong and good again? Um, and what was the process like? Like, was it super tough or easier than you thought? Would have thought, well, excuse me. Um, I... I tend to respond very quickly to whatever intervention program. Um, so it for me, I would say m- maybe here's the thing I did. I actually stopped drinking coffee. So the first week was tough. Even my, my girlfriend, she was like the first two, two days I was on the couch napping, etc. She was like, I was like, what? she'd never seen me like that. I'm super hyper energy, high energy, even without coffee. I wake up in the morning, super, you know, buzzing. Um, so she was like, wow, what, what the heck is going on? So what I did, uh, what I did was I also had my, my, um, blood, uh, testosterone measured. And it, since I've learned that if you see your testosterone super low on the Dutch test, it does not necessarily mean that your, your blood levels are, are actually that low. There's, there's some enzyme that, I'm one of those guys that has this enzyme that breaks down the, testos- the free testosterone that comes on the test. But nonetheless, they were still pretty low. And the blood tests, they kind of showed more mid-range testosterone. So it wasn't as bad as I had initially thought. But I, I would say within three months, that that, that um, bacterial protocol, uh, the pathogen protocol that I did, it was pretty comprehensive. I got the those Amazonian herbs yes. from rain tree yeah they're yeah. awesome amazonian herbs amazing stuff uh and of course biocidin and I, i'd also added a couple of other things I, i'm a little bit i like to throw in the kitchen sink type of guy so i also uh, was eating tons of garlic i was also for a while um i some garlic extract uh added in the mix i i believe i had some grapefruit seed uh extract lying around so i kind of went pretty hard but i had no um, uh, cleansing reactions, no die-off reactions uh, that I know a lot of folks, <coughs> excuse me, um, they, they even like with a few drops of biocidin, they start getting a headache or the sweat. So I, I don't really, I, I, I've responded really well to that. The the go, the um, liver gallbladder flushes, those, those were really amazing uh, because you kind of diet down a little bit. You, you're eating uh, warm, meals, fruits, and veggies mostly for like six days. And then you're like almost like an intermittent fast the last day. So, and then you, you're, then you're dumping all the bio out of your liver gallbladder and you're, you're doing coffee enemas as well. So just really cleansing process. So I did that once a month for about, I think again, five, six months. So that was just really, really kind of, it really helps to those coffee enemas and, and uh, gallbladder flushes, especially for someone with a more ingrained health issue. Let's say that's been around for 10 years, whatever. They just really, really help. 
and I was also doing a lot of sweating. Uh, I got um, uh, one of those kind of sort of like a like a red infrared lamp, um, and I was just because we we live in Portugal, it's super hot in the summer, so just sweating at home in front of the lamp, just getting as many toxins out as possible. So I'd say within three months, I felt like absolute um, top of the world. And over the next then three months, just th things started improving a lot better. Like again, those monitoring uh, myself with the hair test is just, just a really fun and cheap way to, to kind of see see how you're doing. I really love, um, I absolutely love nerding out on test results, you know, as you probably, as most of us in the <laughs> FDN. Yeah. So I was just really, it was really awesome to see Heavy metals going up, meaning, meaning I'm excreting them. <coughs> Mineral balance uh, getting restored. So I'd say within six months, I was absolutely as if nothing, as if I never had that kind of little episode. I guess it was a couple of months where I was like really low energy and a little bit down in the dumps. Well, and you know what? I love stories like this because six months, we're, we're looking at that like, oh, no big deal. You know, if you tell someone six months initially, that can be overwhelming to them. But folks, we want to consider what we're talking about here. You know, this is someone that is able to, you know, come back from things on a test that were not great at all and be yeah. truly healthy now, right? So I'll take however long it takes to get myself to a state of true health. Um, this is not a yo-yo diet type of thing, right? Where we yeah. just get really bad and then really good again and really bad and really good again. It's a true healing um, program and it's something that's actually going to change your life if you're willing to do the work. Now, Christian, I want to mm -hmm. transition just a little bit because when, you know, for those out there, I mean, I know a lot of FDNs, but there's plenty I've never gotten to meet before. So I love talking to all of them, but I have a ton to learn about each and every graduate. There's thousands. I saw that yeah. you were an author of a book called Autism Wellbeing Plan, How to Get Your Child Health. How yes. did you end up transitioning to that? Because I haven't heard any mention of anything with autism so far in your story. Okay, so that was so a, a little bit actually just to backpedal a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to have to tiptoe so you know to main, make sure people's privacy is not kind of um, compromised. But back in 2018, so uh, more than a year before I, I, I started the FTN course, um, someone very close to me was suspected of being on the autism spectrum. And that prompted me into a deep dive into the, the scientific research and I had to get answers. This was another thing that slightly terrified me. I was a little bit like, is first of all, I had to know, is this genetic? Is it truly genetic? You, you know what I mean? Is it like kind of a God-given type thing, or is it uh, something with the environment creates? So, um, and and when I said it terrified me, I was just like, I didn't, I had a pretty um, unhealthy lifestyle in my twenties. I was like, did I do something that may, you know, now predispose my my child to being autistic? And not that it's it's bad that your child is autistic or anything. But it's just an innate kind of fear, right? Um, so I got into the research and a little bit after I graduated, um, it just, I, I, I kind of published a little ebook to to share with, with parents, other parents with, with children. That, and I, I basically wanted to share some of the research I had uncovered, that there was a lot that they could do. There was a lot of... Um, uh, you know, gut, dysfun gut dysfunction is a very 
common theme in, in autistic children. And it was just a little booklet to educate people. But I saw immediately that it was not being taken seriously. So then I was like, I'm going to create a course um, to educate people. And then I started planning the course and researching it a bit more. And I was like, well, nobody's going to take a course seriously. And it's going to take so much work that I'm better off writing a book instead. So that basically took me about 10 months of literally 10 to 14 hours a day at the computer. I, I did a ton of research, wrote, edited the book and published it all by myself uh, with the help of an editor in the last sprint. And yeah, that's that's kind of how that came about. That's amazing. And you know what? I definitely can attest to what you're saying. I know for those out there that don't know, when we use the word autism in today's world, there is a large, large spectrum and very big differences, in my opinion, between either end of the spectrum. If we're talking about yeah. someone who would be referred to as like um, an ASD, like autism spectrum disorder level three versus a level one, I mean, you can be looking at someone who cannot feed themselves at all to someone who you might even never know um, is dealing yeah. with the condition. And what the reason I was really interested when I saw that for you is because I only learned extremely recently um, that I'm on the spectrum. And it's a high-functioning mm -hmm. thing. That's how I just learned at the age of 25. But it's wow. easy enough to hide this stuff. And what's been so fascinating is when if it wasn't for the hindsight and looking back at certain things that were going on, the person that I was working with said, I don't even know if I would have been able to identify this. He's like, what happened with those things? And I said, I got into functional medicine. You know, I started getting into functional healthcare. I just don't deal with that thing anymore. Now, I listen, I am not perfect, to be honest. So I'll always yeah. be transparent about it. I have certain things, especially with the social aspect, which I mean, I suppose is pretty much the main aspect that's an issue with people with ASD like level one. But I yeah. will tell you guys out there, what Christian is saying is true. Like, yes, this stuff does get impacted by being healthier. Now, we still don't know what yeah. causes this stuff exactly, right? That's the problem. Yes. But I'll tell you, being healthy is at least partially involved. And you said, I think you referenced, like these people usually have gut issues, right? It's very well known. Oh, yeah. And here's the other thing that, that I'm glad you kind of mentioned that we don't know what causes something but does that mean that we can't do anything to improve it you know and that's i think that's the what i'm trying to educate parents out there is um whether or not uh you think autism is genetic it it, it doesn't matter if your child currently has bacteria yeast whatever parasites gut dysfunction if your child currently um, has oxidative stress or heavy metal toxicity or food sensitivities, it doesn't matter if the, the autism is genetic or not. They have actual health challenges and metabolic challenges that you can do something about to improve their health and their quality of life. And very often your quality of life, because if your child, let's say, has gut dysfunction, they're likely to be more cranky. They're likely to be aggressive. They're more likely to not sleep well. And if your child is up at night crying, guess who's also not sleeping well? And this is what I'm trying to say is uh, with the book is if you're, you know, it's not about fixing your child. Not, nothing that I, I'm kind of trying to, the information I'm trying to spread is nothing about it. It's about fixing. There's nothing broken about people that, have, that, that are, you know, are on the spectrum. But the the 
research and clinical observation just is unequivocal that a lot of these kids are just suffering from a myriad of easily uh, addressable health challenges. That's it. Right. And that's so well said. It's like, regardless of autism or not, there are clearly things we can work on. Let's work on them. The best, our worst case scenario is you got rid of things that could have made their health otherwise Mm -hmm. worse, just in general. Best case Mm -hmm. scenario, you realize, hmm, my kid's getting better with very specific symptoms that I wouldn't have necessarily connected to this. And I can say at this point, 100% confidently, even if it was an anecdote, for Evan Transu, to some degree, getting healthier has positively impacted symptoms of what would have been called ASD. That is pretty profound to me. Um, and I hope everyone out there does that. I've heard stories, Christian, of kids not talking. They are nonverbal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're talking three months later after a food sensitivity test. That's pretty crazy well, stuff. That's cool. <laughs> well, that, that totally I, I, I totally wouldn't even surprise me because of, from the research I've, I've looked into the gut um, the gut microbiota, they literally, literally affect um, cognitive development. And the, the, the state of the microbiota, to a large degree, di- dictates so many of our emotions. And just the, the um, I suppose it's, it's a massive rabbit hole that there's no, no point in getting into now. But if you improve the 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 gut microbiota the state of the gut you're literally uh it's it's like you're sending ripples to every corner of the body and that in people think it's just physical health but it literally is behavior sleep neurodevelopment that is how important the gut is that's why it's the first kind of pillar that i i tell po- folks if you only focus on one thing just do a an organic acids test or a, 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 a you know a, a stool test check out the gut and do something there. That's if you do only one thing, that's probably going to be like the 80, 20 rule that will get get you 80% of the benefits. I definitely agree with that so often, because you can just tell so many other things based on what's going on in the gut. Mm -hmm. And for example, you can run a hormone test by itself. Now hormone tests are great, but if you run that as a standalone and there's parasites and terrible bacteria in the gut, well, I mean, good luck. You know, you can work on the hormones as much as you want, but that's not really going to go so well until those things get addressed. Right. (laughs) And, and the other thing is about food sensitivity. So when I, I didn't run a food sensitivity. I don't remember why, but I didn't run a food sensitivities outright at the start, but I ran a food sensitivities panel maybe four or five months after I had, after that six month kind of stretch that I was saying earlier is where it took me to get to like super optimal, back to optimal. And when I ran that food sensitivities test, um, I had nothing, absolutely nothing uh, registering. A little bit of egg white was kind of, uh, at the end of the green of the first green on the GPL test. But the point is, you know, if I had done a food sensitivities panel at the start, I would have probably had some food sensitivities, but m- me fixing my gut, um, th- those went away. So yeah, you, you know, if you just, if you just do some tests that can identify pathogenic organisms and you eradicate those, you, you may, f- in the example with a hormone test, your the hormones may just improve spontaneously or not spontaneously, but by themselves. So if you had, whether or not you had run that hormone test at the start, you would have still 
had to do what you had to do on the gut. So that's why that's such an important test to run. Correct. Now, I love talking about maybe client successes and things that have went really well for practitioners. So just to be clear here, because I know that you talked about the course and the book, do you work one-on-one with clients? I do, yeah. Excellent. Well, this will work out great then. I'd love to know um, to the degree that you're able, because of course, we're always uh, respectful and protective of confidentiality and stuff. But so to the degree that you're able, do you have a success story that really sticks out? Because I know most of us as functional practitioners have at least one person that has come that's at the end of their ropes and they're like, you know, I'm going to try one more of these stupid things and they come here (laughs) and this is it for them, right? So do you have any stories like that? Um, Actually, I, I have some good stories um, but I, I, I suppose my flagship story that I actually would, would, would like to share is f- with my mom, because, um, literally on the day that I had my final week and the thing about my mom's stories, I'm just, she's okay. It's for me to, to give more details if you get me, you know? And it kind of makes it more personable. Sure. But uh, I even did, I even did a, a um, for her 60th birthday this year, I did a, a YouTube video talking about her health journey. She was really touched. Um, and, I, and there was no physical gift I could give her, but she really kind of appreciated that. So her, her story, very briefly, right? Um, on the day that I graduated uh, the FDN course, I begged um, Brandon to to help me uh, with Brandy to get her a stool test sent out as quickly as possible because she was about to uh, leave to go on holiday. And I wanted to get that data as quickly as possible. So to back up, she basically had been suffering with IBS since 2017, so almost 13 years. And it, it had gotten to the point where every single meal that she'd had, she'd had some pain. And she would have headaches almost every day. She would take painkillers, which was probably making things worse. So from what she had told me and from what I had learned on the course from Reed, I had very seriously suspected she had H. pylori, the bacteria that usually reside in the stomach lining. So I told my mom uh, a couple of days before that uh, final exam with Brendan, I told her, look, I'm going to order you this test. It's not the cheapest thing. Um, and obviously she, she doesn't, she's only works part-time, but I told her, look, you have to, you have to invest this into your health. I, I, I believe I can help you. So hemming and hawing, she's like, okay, I'll do it. We got the test ordered. And then while she was on holiday, we, um, I, I asked her to do a food sensitivity test, right? So before we got the, the um, uh, stool test results, she got the food sensitivity test back and she had 80, 80 food sensitivities, Ev. Whoa. Whoa, right? So I remember <laughs> I was showing that to, to Brendan at, at our one-to-one uh, discussing the, the stool test. He's like, he looked at that. He, he, he said a similar thing. He's like, whoa, <laughs> I've not seen that many. Um, right. So uh, food sensitivities, uh, left, right, and center. And of course, the, the stool test showed H. pylori. It also showed a few opportunistic bacteria, potential autoimmune triggers, and um, very low lactobacillus and bifidobacter. You know, so the, the beneficial bacteria were very, very low. So we did. I just, I just did the, the standard FDN stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, diet, 
supplementation, so the biocidin, um, the maturity, probiotics, all that good stuff. So obviously I asked her to think about how to remove all of those uh, foods that she's sensitive to. I told her the, the best thing to do, at least for three months, is to exclude all grains because they can really uh, detract from the healing process. We're talking glutamine, glycine, N-acetylcysteine. So just really, uh, we did a hair test on her, just really kind of supplemented her, her diet really well. And um, she really needed it because she was taking, taking care of an elderly parent and a, and a young grandchild. So she was, and, and working part-time. So really, really busy, a lot of stress. So personally, under a lot of stress. And I really did my best to help her um, with the stress side of things. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't do much there, um, just given her, you know, the things she had to take care of. But um, eventually it, it started kind of getting better. Basically, uh, she, she will, it, it, you know how I said I, I really responded well and I kind of recovered really fast from my kind of parasites and stuff like that. Correct. In her case, it, it took much longer. Obviously, she was um, close to 60. So um, she had a lot of, she had a period where she was just not feeling well, um, sweats at night, uh, headaches again. And we did a hair test at that time and her copper level went, I mean, like not off the chart. Like I, I don't even... I don't even know if there's a term for how off the chart her copper level was. So there was a lot of copper excretion. And, and as we know, that can be a very uncomfortable process while the copper is getting excreted. It can take, it, it can take a while. It can go up and down. Um, so she was very close to quitting the program a couple of times. She would call me. And normally with a client, I, I've had people not want to do a program after looking at some test results and I, after I, you know, make some recommendations, it's like, nope, that's too many things. I'm not doing that. I'll do one. And I said, well, look, if you do one, it's not going to do much. Um, but, in, you know, in her case, because she's my mom, I was like, look, just do it. Just do, do what I'm saying. I, was, I had to be a little bit curt, I guess, is the word, stern. Just do it. Trust me. And she did. I'm, you know, I'm really kind of grateful that she, she did go through the process. And I, I suppose eight months, no, no, wait, six months later, she was already pretty good. Um, she was like, definitely, I'll tell you, I've talking to her on, on kind of WhatsApp, just her energy level, her, the, the way she looked, she just looked a, a, a crap load healthier. If that's, if that's a, the, the technical term for that. Right. Um, so I remember eight months later after she started this whole program, that's when the COVID, that was 2020, so about, I guess, January uh, last year, she, she told me that she's eating raw garlic to, to help with stave off uh, infections, viral infections. That's kind of like a, that's a very Bulgarian thing that we have growing up that, that we all eat garlic in the winter to prevent viral infections and stuff like that. So she went in, in the space of eight months, from May to January, if that's the eight months, um, roughly, she went from uh, pain on upon every having every meal pain somewhere in the gut area and headaches to eating raw garlic, right? And I think that's kind of 
that says it all, right? Yeah. And I think there is nothing cooler than, I actually really am glad that you brought up that story as opposed to another client because the family stories are the best. You know, my mom has a personal story with the FDM mm. principles and that woman's been put through the ringer of cycle and trial mm. and error. Thyroid is completely gone, you know, by the time she found this stuff and it still oh supported her in a major way. So it just goes to show what's possible. Now we only have a few minutes left in the show. This one flew by. Love talking to you, Matt. <laughs> um, number one, yeah, where can people find you and your work if they're interested in learning more about what we were talking about today? Um, so christianjordanov.com is my website. I'm also on Twitter, um, it's, uh, all those, you know, uh, social media sites. I'm not really good with the social media. I just don't have time. Uh, but uh, christianjordanov.com, you can find me there. Uh, expect more content up there. I also have a YouTube channel. <clears throat> so I also have a podcast which can be found on the YouTube channel called Connecting Minds, where I interview like just amazing folks, uh, not not only related to health, uh, but to to a great extent about health. So if folks are um, interested, I would probably recommend them to go find find me on on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, and I think they will they will find a lot of good uh, educational content there. Oh, and I have my book, Autism Wellbeing Plan, How to Get Your Child Healthy, which is available in ebook and paperback on Amazon.com. Excellent. And my final question for you, my friend, and of course, folks, those will uh, all be in the show notes as always. But my final question for you is the signature question on the FDN Thrive podcast. Super simple, but always a fun one. Now, mm -hmm. I will always disclaim because every FDN always gives me a little, uh, you know, crud, I'll say, if I don't. <laughs> disclaim this because they're like, oh, bio-individuality, which is totally valid. But, 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 but if Christian had a magic wand and you could get everyone in this world to start doing one thing for their health or stop doing one thing for their health, what is the one thing you would get everyone to do or not to do? Okay. So I think, um, I would get everyone to start, uh, working more on on their light situation and by that i mean at the moment i'm wearing blue blockers that are kind of made for during the day working at the computer and as soon as we're finished with the interview i'm going to put on my my proper blue blockers with the red lenses that uh, block mo pretty much most of the the blue light so i wear those for a couple of hours before bed um ideally so bl blocking blue light at night super important uh at the same time to get more sunlight, daylight uh, during the day. Uh, if possible, first thing in the morning, get out there, get some actual daylight. Uh, so I think that is super important because, um, it, you know, you, you you mess with your circadian rhythm, it, it just can contribute to so many health problems that it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, and I suppose the, the, the next one uh, is, is there... The next one is to stop eating non-organic food, right? I think this is this is like you can sup you can supplement thirty things a day, but you if you're still eating non-organic food, you know you, you're just it, it's just long-term a recipe for disaster. So I think those two things are very accessible. You don't have to be an expert. You you, you just pay fifty dollars for the blue blockers. 
And organic food nowadays, you can you can almost buy it for the same prices. I've actually seen organic food items be cheaper than non-organic items in the same store here. So I think those those would be my two tips. Oh, Christian just hit on one of my favorite topics ever, which is the light side of things. I got to find a way to do some kind of bonus episode and give you guys some knowledge about the light stuff because I haven't really found a way for it to fit in. Maybe we just got to get a good guest on the podcast. I don't know if you guys have any ideas, but I already have a few in my mind. But I love that he brought that up. No one has said that in the way he said it yet for being the number one thing that they would get everyone to do. And quite frankly, if I was asked that question, that is the exact one that I would give. Pretty interesting stuff. Definitely go check it out. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. You've been listening to Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, your host as always, and Christian Yordanoff. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would love you forever. And I really would. We need this stuff, guys. It helps get this information out there. I always ask people to just consider because I know it's so simple to like listen to this and you hear this a million times a day and you don't go do it. Okay, I'm not asking you to do it if you do not think this is a five-star podcast, but I'm assuming if you listen to the end that you do enjoy this. And so what I'm asking you to do is consider the fact that there are people out there who desperately need this information in their lives right now, but do not have it because they don't know it exists. A simple way that we can do this is helping promoting this stuff so that more people can learn about it. That's all I ask. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for being a great listener. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com. Thrive.com.